Yeah. So we're going to be speaking about Jesus for a few minutes and then we're going to go into a time of worship and my heart and my hope and my understanding of what I feel the Lord wants to do this morning is that we're going to just have an amazing time in the presence of Jesus and responding from the Word. Um, I really believe that there's some aspects to what the Lord wants to say this morning that uh, we're going to get this opportunity to just respond in our hearts. Um, towards the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, that what I've just heard, I feel that this is something that I, I, I want to uh, come to you with. So let's trust the Lord for, for that. Normally it's a, it's a weird thing preaching before worship. I don't know why. Maybe it's a, a way of thinking or just, uh, do, you, do you struggle as well sometimes? It's like almost the atmosphere isn't as, as holy as it is after worship. But sometimes we just, uh, I really want to ask you guys, to just listen up carefully as, as we share. This weekend, there's always two things that stand out to me. Easter weekend. Um, there's a lot of things that we can say about Easter. There's a lot of things that we can say about Jesus' crucifixion and everything. But there's always two parts. And there's this little WhatsApp uh, status that is going around on, the, on some of the Facebooks as well since Friday. That this is just a little sentence that says, Today is Friday, but Sunday is coming. And that's always to be sometimes the two chapters. If you want to break it up into two chapters, there's always about Easter, there's two chapters. Or Jesus' crucifixion, there's two chapters in my own heart. There's the part where on the Friday he was tortured, he was crucified, and he died. But then there was... The three days that followed afterwards, that Friday he died and the Saturday he was dead, which was probably the poor disciples. They didn't know what was going on. They thought everything is gone now. Others is not here. And then on the Sunday, they got to the grave and the grave was empty. And so there's always two chapters in my own heart when I, when I, I think about that. There's this part where everything is lost. Everything seems to be lost on the Friday. Especially if you're his disciples. And the crazy thing is, and although Jesus said to them many times that this is what's going to happen, he, he told them, he gave them the playbook, he gave them the, the script, and he said to them, Listen, I'm going to die, but don't worry, it's not over yet. The problem is, is that the disciples and all of the Jews at that point. They thought of Jesus in a very specific mindset. There was something that, that didn't allow them to think further than that. And that's often the problem that we have as well as the church today. Is that our mindset has sometimes been tweaked. Our mindset has been formed. Sometimes it's, and most of the time, it's in the form of a bit of a religious thinking. Pastious. And then we get stuck in uh, whatever that specific thought is that we that we have. So for 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 for, for the and, and then you get influenced by the world. Easter is pas eiertijd. In hot cross buns, in kerifus, in lang nagel, in kerifus. Wacht op hier. Oh, verwaard is het twee keer kerifus. Chris, I used your name, I think. So, 
So what happens is, is we kind of get conditioned into various ways of thinking. And that often then we get to a place where when we get together like this this morning, and to be actually honest with you, every other day when we get together, because that is the thing what Easter actually represents, is the fact that Jesus is alive. So it's not just Easter or Easter weekend, it's actually, it should be every day. But let's play along now with Easter. So we get together on the Sunday, and then we've been celebrating an occasion. We've been celebrating something, and then we do the sacraments. The sacramenta. The, the things that we do when we celebrate. And it becomes almost a mold that we do. And we forget the relevance, we forget the realness, we forget the oomph of what Easter is really about. And it's a two-chapter story. The first one is, yes, Jesus died. Jesus suffered immensely in His body. The Bible talks about it, and it's not just the Bible, this is also there's, uh, the, the history books. We'll confirm the same thing. That one of the most excruciating deaths that you can die from is back in the day the Roman crucifixion. They, they, and it's not just being crucified itself, it's the running up to that, it's, it's going into that. Where, and you've watched the, who's watched the Passion of the Christ before? It's gruesome. It's, 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 uh, it's gruesome. They say that that, that that thing where they lynched him with, I sweep it all my it's got little hooks at the end of that. Nine tails. Nine tails. And the, and the whole point of that thing is, is it's supposed to hook into you, and when you take it off, it looks out flesh. And so it was probably one of the most excruciating, painful, gruesome deaths that someone can suffer from and die from. And a lot of emphasis goes into the pain, the physical pain that Jesus went through when we think about the crucifixion. But this morning I want to focus on something else. I want to focus on the emotional road that led Jesus to the cross. The spiritual road that Jesus had to endure as he went on the cross and died on that cross. That's chapter 1, and then we're going to look at chapter 2 shortly. I'm not going to take long. You see, the physical thing is, is, is something, but you know, Peter died of crucifixion, and not even the, the normal crucifixion. Peter was crucified upside down, they say, because he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified like Jesus was crucified. I, I, I'm not worthy to die a death like that. And so they crucified Peter upside down. And many of the other uh, apostles died horrif horrific, horrific, horrific deaths. So I, I, I always look at it and I think, I don't think the physical pain was everything. It was, the, it was that only thing that made Jesus sweat blood in Gethsemane before He went to be crucified. And I looked at at, at all the scriptures, and we're going to look at a lengthy piece of scripture, but we're just going to scroll through that because I want to highlight some important things. And that's what I want us to just understand. What happened when Jesus died on the cross for you and me? When we say 
sacrificed on behalf of me, that I should not have been sacrificed, so that I should be spared a death, so that I might be afforded eternal life. What was the suffering that Jesus offered, not just in his body, but spiritually? What did he have to endure for me not to have to go through that? And for me to have this opportunity to have eternal life offered to me as a gift if I believe in Jesus. 1 Peter 2 says this. Let's look at let's forget it. Not forget, but let's just put to the side the physical pain that Jesus had to endure for a moment. And let's look at what is the emotional and the spiritual journey that Jesus had to endure. He himself speaking about Jesus, bore our sin. What does it mean to bore the sin? Carry. 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 Take responsibility for. The biblical image of that, I, I looked it up, it's a very interesting, if you look at the, the root word, you know an altar? In the Old Testament, there was an altar, and they built these altars out of rock. And on top of that altar, they put the sacrifice. And then they sacrificed something on that altar. And the Bible, when it says boy, it means to put something on the altar. To put a sacrifice on the altar so that you can then sacrifice it. So when Jesus himself bore our sins, he put himself on that altar for you and for me. And it's not just the physical. When Jesus bore, when He carried our sins, I want to just to quickly imagine what happens to you. And, and we must remember this: Jesus is God. He's, he was He was fully man when He was on earth, but He was also fully God. So there was a part of Jesus that, in His holiness, and He was without sin at that stage. He didn't know what what, what was sin. He, did not sin until the point where we carried our sins. And then suddenly, all of my sins, all of the wretched things that I could do, and every other single person on this earth could do, was on Him. And He carried that, and He sacrificed Himself, so that I could walk in freedom and not bear my sin as I'm walking on this earth. And I want you to just imagine for a moment, just for a moment, think of the worst sin that you've ever committed. Think of the worst sin that you've ever committed, just quickly. The worst sin you've ever committed. And for some of us, Miss Goody's two shoes, and some of us be talking about. Oh, I did this or that. Imagine for a moment that you're a serial rapist. And that's your sin. Imagine for a moment what it means to carry that sin in you. To carry the weight of that things that you have done. Not once, not twice, but multiple times. And what it does on the inside. What it does to your spirit to be carrying that kind of guilt and shame. Probably 
ended knowing that. You know, I know what, what, what's lying ahead for me. There's no future for me. There's no hope. You don't feel any love inside. And there was a, a moment where the Bible, you can keep that scripture up, Henry, where there was a moment where Jesus bore our sins, and it says, in his body. So there was something about his spiritual experience that he did not just experience physically, the pain of it. Have you ever felt so guilty that it actually made you quite depressed about it? I felt that way. When I was struggling with sin in my life, when I was struggling to break free from certain sins in my life, there was nothing that made me feel so in my body, so downcast than those times. So imagine carrying the sins, every single sin that you can think of, and to carry that on yourself and in your body at that point. There's a scripture in, and now we're going to move a little bit past sin now. I want to go to Isaiah 53. And now I'm going to ask you, look at me. Every ounce in your body wants to read what you see there and not listen to me. I know it's difficult. I'm going to ask you to work with me. We're going to read it together, but we're not going to read everything. Inri is going to also help me to, to pluck it from the screen. Let's read it quickly. Isaiah 53. He was despised and rejected by men. Who has ever felt proper rejection? I'm not talking about your wife that gives you the smallest egg when she bakes eggs and you get the smallest piece. I'm not talking about when your girlfriend, your first girlfriend that you ever had in high school, starts dating someone else. And you. I'm not talking about that rejection. I'm talking about bringing yourself, giving everything of yourself, and then being rejected for that. Who's ever experienced rejection like that? It's tough. And the Bible says that he was despised and rejected at that point. A man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and, he was, and esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. I have stood in front of many people in this past three years as we've been in church, and I've seen sorrows, I've seen grief. I've seen people that has lost children, that has lost loved ones. Have you seen? Especially a lady crying before, when that grief and that sorrow comes from within. Man, it's something that breaks your heart. It's something that comes from within, that you see the brokenness. You see that grief and you see that sorrow in that person's eyes. Imagine Jesus carrying all the sorrow and all the grief of this world in his body at that point. Imagine what he must have experienced. As he carried that. I can go on. And it says again, he bore that. It was put on him. He carried that in him at that time. Yet we seen him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. 
But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities again, going back to sin. For our sins, he carried all our sins. Iniquities, blutlein. That thing that has been carried through the generations. Sometimes it's a strong thing. My opa had gedrunken, my pa had gedrunken, ou drink ek ook. Something that has some immense power in, in, in generations. He carried that. He carried that. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everything, everyone to this one way. And the Lord has laid him to the iniquity of all of us. He was oppressed. Who has ever experienced spiritual oppression? Spiritual oppression. I speak. When there's spiritual, when there's demons circling around you, the demonic circling around you, and all that they do is, is that they oppress, they torment you with thoughts, and sometimes in your physical body. And so, in that moment, all of hell was let loose and was set free to oppress him at that point. And I think sometimes in our own life there's a point where God still steps in and he says, no longer, like almost like with Job, there was boundaries. But I believe at that point, because Jesus was a sacrifice to God, there was no boundaries for what they may and may not oppress him. So I don't know what he must have gone through at that point and what he must have experienced in terms of that. And remember again, he is the Son of God, he is holy. And now all of the demonic, all of hell breaks loose around him. And they are allowed to torment him spiritually and emotionally. I don't know what that must have felt like. Become opposite. Yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, like a sheep that before his shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation, who considered he was cut off of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made things grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Just gonna read till then. You know how much lies, how much lies Jesus had to endure. The Bible says he was innocent, and so lies were spoken over him and got him to the place where he was crucified because of lies. Have you ever been on the receiving end of lies and what lies can do? And I'm not just talking from people that spread lies about you and how suddenly people speak about you behind your back. I'm talking about lies in here. I'm talking about what the enemy sometimes wants you to believe about yourself. Speaking about you and trying to tell you things that is not of the Lord. He carried that on him. He carried any lie. Any lie and all lies that can ever be spoken, he carried.
carried that on him in that point in time. I've got no clue. Verse 11. Verse 11. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see. And I just quickly want to, this is the last thing we're going to speak about. It. The word anguish, the word anguish means it is probably the utmost form of emotional distress that you can ever go through. Anguish is not just feeling downcast. It's not just feeling sorrow. Anguish is something that you're actually at the point of, of, of death, emotionally. You're at that point where you're actually at that point of breaking. And the Bible says that Jesus was in anguish at that point. And there's a part of me, when we're speaking about that chapter 1, when Jesus was in Gethsemane and he was praying before and he was sweating blood. I think there was a part of Jesus that was looking at this part way more than he was looking at the physical torture that he was going to go through. And I think sometimes we look at these movies and all of these things and it's true. I mean, uh, we're not taking that away. I don't want to water that down, the physical part of that. But it was what Jesus endured for you and me, emotionally and spiritually, that catches my eye every time when I think about Jesus dying on the cross. And then he died. Then Jesus died. The Bible is, is, is on uncertain terms. And, and the thing is, for the physical, for those that were there, for his disciples, and, and all of them, every one of them thought, well, now it's over. And they scattered and they went in all directions because the king has died. And there was a something about, and it's, that's the thing that I, I felt at the beginning when I started talking this morning as well. Sometimes, what, what, what the, the, the programming that's in here sometimes prohibits us from seeing the picture that God wants to show us. You know what? The, 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 the Jews, and even the apostles, you know, or Peter, and all of those guys, they looked at Jesus, and even though he said to them many times why he came to earth, they still had this impression that God, that Jesus came to earth to set the them free from Roman oppression. That it was a physical thing that he wanted to set them free from. And the thing is that every time when they encountered Jesus, their frame of mind was, Jesus is going to set me free from this Roman that oppresses me and my family. We want to make him king. We want to put him on a physical throne. We want to put a, a, a throne on his head. A crown on his head. And we want to make him king. Because they wanted a physical king. They wanted to physically get free from that. And so often what happens is, is even us in this generation, when we hear about Jesus, when we see Jesus, there's a lot of stuff that I want to be free of. Poverty. Maybe there is something in my heart that I'm walking with. And I'm coming to Jesus for all the reasons except what Jesus actually died for. And that is that I find Him and a relationship in Him and be reunited with God the Father. Because 
They took me away from my creator. And it's only through Jesus that I can be in right standing with God again, with my creator. So, I want to, again this morning, often we come to times like this, and Easter becomes about doing the sacraments. We remember you, Lord, and that's right, nothing wrong with that. But it stays there. We remember you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, for what you've done for us. We thank you, Jesus. And it stays there. And Jesus says, no, there's a chapter 2. What's chapter 2? Is the Sunday. Because the Bible says on the Sunday, on the third day, Jesus arose from the dead. And I want to quickly just look at what that means for us when we say that Jesus rose from the dead. Because again, it's something that we can celebrate. But it's actually something that if we just celebrate it here, we're missing the point. If we just come together on a Sunday and we celebrate the fact that Jesus is alive, but it has no working active power in my life, then we're missing the point. Like the disciples did. Then it's, it's worth nothing. Then Jesus died and went through all of that for nothing. Luke 4 says this. And I want us to just quickly. And he came to Nazareth. This is Jesus where he had been brought up. And as it was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up and read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. Next verse. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So Jesus read that about himself. There's a prophecy in the Old Testament, and there's actually many prophecies in the Old Testament that spoke about what did, why did Jesus come to this earth? Why did he come to sacrifice himself? Why was there a Friday where he died? It is because Jesus was going to rise from the dead and go through all of it, be the sacrifice for each one of us. So that this fault can become true for you and me. To proclaim good news to the poor. To proclaim, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Now I want to ask you guys, for all of the things that we just said, that we read in Isaiah, the things that captures, that captures us. Sometimes it's sin. Sometimes it's weakness. Sometimes it's something that runs in my generation. And we often are captives of that. But also when we said lies. How many of us are captives of the lies that the enemy is speaking over us? And you know what? Jesus died on the cross. And he bore it on himself. So that I don't have to walk through that. Don't have to walk in that. 
So that I don't have to stay captive to these things. Same verse, he says that. Proclaim liberty to the captives. And recovery of sight to the blind. And that's something that I always feel is, is kind of connected to the good news to the poor. If God or Jesus died and sacrificed himself on that Friday, not to rise again on the Sunday, we would have nothing to tell other people. We would have nothing to share. There would be no gospel. There would be no good news. But basically, we just had a story to tell. This is what happened to our God. But the fact that Jesus rise or rose and is alive today, it means that we actually have someone, not just the story, not just the gospel, but we have actually someone that we can share people with. And that's the story of Easter. That's the story of Easter, is that we are supposed to go into this world and when we see poor people and when I see poor people we're talking about spiritually poor people that does not know Jesus that has never given their lives to him that we can go to people and say hey can I introduce you to Jesus and introduce those that does not have him in their lives the same for the regret do you know that people are blind to Jesus yes. in the world and how will people see Jesus if we cannot help them see Him? So how do we people see Him? Do our testimonies? When I go and I say, hey, I want, to, I want to share with you what happened to me on Friday. Because you know what? My Jesus is not there. There's two chapters to that story. He died on the Friday, but on the Sunday, He woke up. He was made alive by the Holy Spirit. And He's alive today. You know what? He is so alive and active in my life. I want to tell you the story of what just happened on Friday. And you share the fact that Jesus is alive and active and working in my life. And that's why I love to share with people in my own life and out of my own life. Even the stuff that I struggle with. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed to share with people the fact that I struggled with some sin in my life. And still struggle with sin in my life. Because through that, I can bring people and I can open people's eyes to the fact that there's a person out there called Jesus that's still alive today, that is helping me daily to break free from these things that are there. Because I am not carrying them. Sometimes I suffer from them. Sometimes I have the, the effects of that still in my life. But He paid the price and He paid the sacrifice so that I can walk in freedom. And that's what we share with people. That we don't have to walk in these things. To proclaim the year. Oh yeah, and then also to bring liberty to those who are oppressed. There's nothing that oppresses a person. Like sin, selfishness, living for yourself. And having no hope, no eternal life. There's, there's nothing as oppressive as not having the hope of eternal life in Jesus Christ. I don't think there can be anything. And sometimes people don't see it. Because the Bible says you're blind. So you don't know it. But there's something in your spirit. I believe so. For every person that does not, that, 
that, that for every unbeliever. I believe there's something, and that's why you will speak to many unbelievers. And they will have all the money in the world, they will, will have everything in this world, and they will still be unhappy. Because there's a void in your heart that only Jesus can fill. That only Jesus can fill. And so they walk through this life, and then actually they're oppressed. They just don't know it sometimes, but actually they feel this oppression in their lives. Of being without God, of being without hope that the day that I die, I don't know where I'm going. I don't think of anything else that will oppress me and depress me as much as that. But Jesus came. Jesus came. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring freedom, to open eyes, to renew hearts. To set free. To change. Do we believe that this morning? Do we believe that this morning? I'm asking you. Do we believe that this morning? Because the thing is this. If we don't believe this. If we don't believe the truth that comes from Easter. If we don't really carry it in our hearts. And there's this real belief in our heart. Of these things. If I have not experienced Jesus free making power in my life up until today, I will not be able to, to share that with someone else. Because if that's something that is alive and active in my, in my own life, I promise you, you cannot wait to share it with someone that has not had it. It's something that will burn inside you. It's something that will, I want to share it with someone because the Bible says, there's a person that found this amazing uh, treasure. And then there's two responses. You can either keep that treasure for yourself, or you can tell others about that. And that's something that has happened in me. That's something that has happened in me. As I've walked with Jesus, as I've seen Jesus change me, renew me, put His life in me, freed me, and my wife Leonie as well, in so many areas, Something is birthed in me and I don't want to keep it for myself. I can't keep it to myself. I want to, and I'm not just talking about preaching it over a mic on a Sunday morning. I'm talking about wherever I go. I can't wait to share it. Is that belief in us? Is that yearning in us to do that? So I want to ask you guys two things this morning. There's two responses to this word. And we're going to go into a time of worship. And I don't know what the Lord is going to do during worship this morning. I've got no clue. I can say this. I really have an expectation. And we've got probably an hour. It's still before 10 o'clock. It's still early. So I want to say to you guys, let's be color. Not in a hurry before the Lord this morning. Because I believe that the Lord wants to move this morning. I really believe that. I believe that the Lord wants to move this morning. I believe that there's something that I felt coming into the Sunday when Jesus says, You cannot share with others what you have not received yourself yet. So I want to ask you guys is there someone here this morning that needs to receive forgiveness? Is there someone here this morning that needs to receive freedom from an area where you are oppressed or captive? 
Is there someone here this morning that needs to receive healing from an area where you are sick? And it can be emotional as well. Is there someone here this morning that, that needs the healing hand of Jesus or the comforting hand of Jesus in the area of hurt in your life? I think there's going to be an opportunity this morning not to come just to a table and remember Jesus, but this morning to meet with Jesus himself. Is that good? Are you eager for that? Is there something in your heart that wants to say, I want to meet with Jesus right now? So I want you guys to just close your eyes quickly. Just close your eyes. I just want to give an opportunity because often what happens is, is the enemy comes with lies and now he shows you all of the things that you've done wrong. He shows you all of the things that keeps you away from Jesus and that's one of the lies that sometimes keeps us from coming to Jesus in times like this. When Jesus is inviting us to Him saying, I want to spend time with you, I want to do something in you. And now the enemy comes and he says, yeah, but you've done this and this and this and that. You can't come to Jesus right now. And I want to give you an opportunity right now to put that thing to rest right now. And the Bible says that if you come to me and you ask forgiveness, I am faithful to forgive. And so this morning, is there anyone, is there anyone that firstly have never given their lives to the Lord? You've never had the opportunity to say, Lord Jesus, I want to give my life to you. That what you have died for for me, the sacrifice that you paid for me, the things that you carry, all of my sin, all of my weakness, all of my illness. I want to come to you now and I want to give you these things, Lord. Is there any person? Just quickly raise your hand. I'm not going to call you to come to the front this morning. I want to come and pray with you during worship. Or maybe there's a part of you that says this morning, Lord, there's some things of me that has never invited you into all that I am. There's rooms in my life that I've put a tape around and say, no, into You can't come to this Jesus. Don't come in. And then there's aspects of my life that I've been serving you, but I haven't given you full access yet. And that this morning the Lord wants to come and say, I want full access. I want to come into everything that is you. Is there any such person as well? I just want to quickly just raise your hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can drop your hands again after you've risen. Thank you, Lord. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? Alright. Let's stand and we're just going to do a prayer together. We're going to do a prayer together and we're going to go to a time of worship and see where the Lord leads us.